Ian Hickey with you on this Saturday. Happy Saturday and a happy weekend to you. Thank you for making us a part of it right here. Coming off of the first team, unofficially but officially, punching their ticket to the college football playoff. A huge congratulations to the Washington Huskies. They defeat Oregon for the second time this season. Go go a go go a perfect 13-0. Easy for me to say. And now win the Pac-12 title game and all but officially clinch their spot into the college football playoff. And here's what I think they proved tonight. I think they proved not only that they are going to the college football playoff, that they can win the whole thing. Washington sent a message out to everyone else in the country that they can absolutely win a national title this season. See how they, see how they just beat Oregon? They could beat Georgia. They could go toe-to-toe with Michigan, Bama, Florida State, Texas. You name it. It doesn't matter. Washington had the perfect blueprint to beat Oregon, but that blueprint is applicable for every single team remaining right now in the college football playoff race. They are not a soft, air raid, classic Pac-12 team that gets a lot of labels as to why they can't win a national title. They just showed you Friday night in Las Vegas where they are built to win a national title. The team they just beat, by the way, twice this year in Oregon, that is an SEC-built Oregon Ducks team. right? Dan Landing comes over from Georgia. They are big on the offensive and defensive lines. They are physical. They punch you in the mouth. They are built like most SEC teams are built. Yet, though... Today, especially, Friday night in Vegas, what happened? Despite having the SEC build, the Ducks were pushed around. Washington was the team controlling the line of scrimmage. The Huskies were the one that were playing more physical, were the enforcers, what looked like the bigger, stronger SEC-built team. They took it to Oregon, and they showed everyone else They are here to play. They absolutely control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, really, in this game against Oregon. And again, for a team that, I mean, Michael Penix Jr. is is tremendous, and we'll get to his Heisman candidacy here in a second. But this was a, a Washington team for most of the year that was reliant on their passing game in order to win them games. And yet, In the biggest game of the season, they ran the ball down Oregon's throat to the tune of 157 rushing yards against what is a really stout, really physical, really tough Oregon defense. Didn't matter. Or uh, Washington ran it down their throat. Even at times when the Ducks knew the run was coming, the Huskies still had a lot of success. That's how you know. That's the mark of a great team. When you can almost telegraph, when everyone in the stadium knows what is coming and you still execute it and you still get positive yards and make the play you want to make. Washington was able to do that on the ground consistently in this game. But it wasn't just offensively for the Huskies. Defensively, they've been much maligned. They've been heavily criticized for playing quote-unquote no defense. But don't look now, the last month, they have really tightened up and really played some tough, hard-nosed defense. Ducks came in top 25 nationally in terms of rushing yards per game. 
And the Huskies, I thought, really put the clamps on. Bo Nix had a few big runs, but those were also, I think, a little different. Those are designed, or not designed, but like unplanned scrambles when no one was open down the field, just broken plays. Nix, to his credit, made some big-time runs on. But especially when it came to the running back situation and when the Ducks, early on in this game, tried to run the ball and establish their physicality, Washington said, no, no, no. We're the ones that are going to push you around and accomplish that really for the duration of the entire game. So you look at how Washington played, being the more physical team, controlling the line of scrimmage. Their quarterback in Michael Penix Jr. is tough as nails, man. He's clutch. He makes big throws. Third down, up, trailing, doesn't matter. This guy always comes through when you need him the most. This passing attack is lethal. Yeah, that's a really good Oregon defense. And now that's twice. Oregon has just ripped him. Uh, that's twice, I should say. Washington ripped him apart. Embarrassed him. Took advantage of him. And the last thing is, as to why they are title contenders this season, is that they are clutch. They can play from behind. They can play with the lead. But they are very comfortable in close games. And you go into the college football playoff, whoever you play, Michigan, Georgia, again, Alabama, Texas, there's a bunch of iterations we could still see here shake down on Saturday. There's no doubt in my mind they're in a close game. They're going to come through because they have found 13 different ways this season to win games. All different sizes, all different shapes, all different ways defensively, running the ball, throwing the ball. They have found multiple ways to win close games and pull it out. They are clutch. They don't shrink in the big moment. They are aggressive. Look at how they finish the game. Third down and five. What do they do? They don't run the ball and play conservative. They say, here, Michael Penix Jr., go win us the game. Throw the ball first down. You run on the clock. Game over. They are aggressive. They are physical. They can stop the run. They can run the ball themselves. They pushed around. An SCC-built, SCC-caliber Oregon Ducks team on Friday night in Las Vegas and did so for the second time this season. Washington is not going to be, let's say, Michigan State when they made it back in 2015. Just happy to be there, but ready to get slaughtered. They're not going to be Cincinnati. Happy to be in the playoff, ready to get slaughtered. Washington is absolutely a team that is not only just making the playoff, but absolutely going in there with the expectation to win it all. And they absolutely can. Because what we just outlined, they can beat Georgia, they can beat Michigan, they can beat Bama, they can beat Florida State, they can beat Texas, you name it, they can go toe-to-toe because they are built with the exact formula you need to win a national title. So congrats to the Huskies. They are going to the college football playoff. But they're just not going to make it. They're going there to do some big-time damage, and they absolutely can win the entire national championship. They just showed you Friday night in Las Vegas why that is the case. Now, we got one team, right, punched in, and one team now going to the college football playoff. Who's joining them? Who are the other three teams we are going to hear their names called on Sunday afternoon making the final year, the four-year college football playoff. My college football playoff picks. The other three spots. Georgia, Michigan, 
and Texas. I think Texas is the fourth and final team making the college football playoff. I think the biggest thing here in the SEC title game is that Alabama's biggest, the the best thing they have going for them is intimidation. Nick Saban, the Crimson Tide, like the fact that they put a lot of fear in their opponents, I think is a big reason why they win a lot of these games. And Georgia, going back to last time these two teams played the national title game, winning, beating Nick Saban, getting over the hump if you're Kirby Smart finally, finally winning a national title, I think now eliminates any fear when it comes to facing Alabama, when it comes to looking on the other sideline and seeing Nick Saban. So now that the biggest intimidation factor is now gone, I don't see how Alabama beats Georgia because the uh, the only other area that Georgia is vulnerable in is really the pass defense. Like, you look back right now, the last time Georgia lost the game, it was to Alabama in the same setting two years ago, SEC title game 2021. And you look that game, and you look at the only other time they came close to losing Ohio State in last year's college football playoff, what gives Georgia trouble is a potent elite passing attack. Bryce Young carved him up in Atlanta two years ago. C.J. Stroud put on a field day last year in the playoff game. Now, Georgia, again, was able to survive. The Buckeyes could not have survived uh, Alabama the first time around in the SEC title game. But those are the only two times Georgia has been, for the most part, pushed this these last three seasons. And so Alabama this year, you look at their team, they are not built to throw the ball all over the yard. Jalen Miller, to his credit, has really developed nicely throughout this season throwing the ball. But he's not going to be sitting back there throwing the ball 45 times, completing 37 passes for 400 yards, four touchdowns, and leading Alabama to victory. That's not how he's built. That's not how this Alabama offense is built. So I don't think the Tide have enough explosive offense in them to beat Georgia. I think the Bulldogs do win. They're going to the college football playoff um, for spot number one. Spot number two, I mean, in order to pull off the upset, Iowa has to score, right? Like, you can't win a game if you don't score any points. Now, I don't think Iowa's going to get shut out against Michigan. I think they will get a field goal. That it. They're not going to beat Michigan 3-0. They're not going to beat them 3-2. Michigan's going to blow their doors off. Although, I will say, in the beginning, I think this will final score be about 30-3. to I do think in the first quarter, if you're watching that game, you will say to your friend if you sit next to you, or text one of your friends, could Iowa do it? I was looking a little scrappy. I think whether it's an interception early on, maybe a few three and outs. Like I think Michigan's offense is going to be slow out of the gate. So I think there is going to be a potential thought of just like, maybe, hey, maybe chaos is happening here in Indianapolis. Second half, Michigan's going to absolutely pull away. But Iowa's defense is good, very good. Problem is they can't score like on offense. So Michigan will handle Iowa, pull away late. They're going to go to the college football playoff. And now at the end, the fourth and final team, I think is going to be the Longhorns. I think it's Texas, regardless of what Florida State does. Like if Florida State wins, potentially their third-string quarterback against Louisville on Saturday, I don't think it matters. I think Texas, if they win and are 12-1, and I think they're in. Because if you notice, 
this week, it's been very interesting. Anytime the college football playoff has been discussed, have you noticed that the phrase, the four best teams, have almost any time, you know, anytime the word college football playoff and who we're talking about, it's always the four best teams. I think that's intentional. I think it's intentional because I think in the case of Bill Hancock, the college football playoff executive chairman, who on a conference call after the latest college football playoff rankings were revealed on Tuesday, went on the call and said, we're looking for the four best teams. You've heard of plenty of other media members this week as well talk about four best teams. I think that's purposeful. I don't think it's a coincidence that you have Florida State going to this game with, oh yeah, by the way, possibly their second-string quarterback and Tate Rotomaker not being available on Saturday night, and it could be their third-string quarterback playing it against Louisville. I think that is a subliminal message in trying to brace fans to get ready for it. There is absolutely a real chance a 13-0 Florida State team is left out of the college football playoff. I don't think it's an accident that you heard a lot this week specifically now that we are finally here. Like, I think part of it is the committee... The college football playoff committee does not want to do what they're there to do, which is make the tough decision. And if they are going to make a tough decision, it's not going to be until the bitter end, until they have no other choice, but they have to make it. Which is why you saw Florida State outside of one week inside the top four, every single college football playoff ranking reveal. Why? Because they had time. They didn't have to push them out. But now, this is where push comes to shove. And I really don't think... Even at 13-0, Florida State is going to make it. So I think Texas is going to be the fourth and final team in. They're going to get rewarded for beating Alabama earlier this season in Tuscaloosa. And they're going to be in the college football playoff. So my four that we will see competing for a national title this year. Georgia 1, Michigan 2, Washington 3, Texas number 4. So love to hear your thoughts here. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Also on Twitter at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. Tonight, watching the Pac-12 title game. Does Washington look like a national title contender to you? Do you think they could beat Georgia? Beat Michigan? Beat Alabama, Florida State, Texas? Are they a team that's dangerous or are they a team just happy to be there? And also, any upsets going down this weekend? Is there an upset you identify and one of these championship games here on Saturday that could drastically change the college football playoff race? Nice rejoin choice, Alex. This, as sad as it is, Came up as the number one song on my Spotify rap list. That's 20- why I played it. I saw it on your story, so I, I figured. Says a lot about me. A song from 1978 is a song I listened to the most in 2023. Very catchy, though. If you haven't heard it before, it is a very catchy tune. It obviously got me going for most of this uh, most of this year. And so maybe if you like that song, heard it for the first time here tonight... Well, if you got Spotify and this time next year, that could be number one on your Spotify list here next year. All right, it is Hick at Night. Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. Not only is Washington going to the college football playoff, 
But Michael Penix Jr. on Friday night just uh, just locked up the Heisman Trophy. He just won it. He is beating out Jaden Daniels, and he is winning the Heisman Trophy. Here is why. The Heisman Trophy is not just about stats. If it was just about Strictly, who has the best numbers each and every year, then you know what? Two years ago, Bailey Zappi at Western Kentucky, who threw for, in one season, 5,967 yards and 62 touchdowns, would have won the award. Why was he, Why was he though, not on even anyone's ballot? He didn't finish top 10 in the Heisman balloting, despite almost in one season throwing for 6,000 yards and 62 touchdowns, both of those, by the way, single-season records. Because it's more than just stats. It's about how you play in the biggest moments of the season. And that's why Penix has beaten out Jaden Daniels. Penix has those moments. Daniels does not. Look how similar both Washington and LSU are built this season. Right? You look at Washington and LSU, they both have horrendous defenses. Huskies are 93rd in total defense. LSU is 101st. They also have very little when it comes to the run game. Washington is 90, uh, 103rd, excuse me, 103 in terms of rushing yards per game. Now, LSU is up there, but a large part of it is because of Daniels. So if you take Daniels out of it and the running game outside of the quarterback, LSU is very limited. You got to add up the top four running backs, their rushing yards this year, to equal what Daniels did this year. So the running game for LSU outside of the quarterback is very limited for Washington. Their run game overall is very limited. So bad defense, no run game. Teams that are very similar, Washington and Oregon, what does that mean? Or I should, excuse me, Washington and LSU. What does that mean? That means that a lot of pressure is on the quarterback to win you games. There's really no other way Washington and LSU can win games if their quarterback plays bad. So when you look at now, okay, well, similar team teams built in a similar way, basically putting all of the team success on the shoulders of the quarterback, how did the teams do this year? Well, one quarterback, Penix, led his team to a 13-0 record, won the toughest conference in college football this season in the Pac-12, now going to the college football playoff. Oh, yeah, by the way, six ranked opponents Washington has played this year. Penix, 6-0. Daniels, this season in the big moment. 9-3 on the year. The college football playoff race, they were out of it by the middle of the season. And they finished third in the SEC West. So, despite having all the pressure on their shoulders, Penix got it done. Daniels and the Tigers fell short. Penix played also his best football in the biggest moments of the season. Played a top 10 Oregon team twice this year. Combined stats on those two games. 621 passing yards, five touchdowns, two wins. He was the guy, and you saw it again on a Friday night in the Pac-12 title game. The biggest plays of the game were on his left shoulder. And they needed a big play. Boom, there's Penix firing a rocket, making a play, moving the chains. 
did it Friday night, did it earlier in the season, and really did it the entire way. He's played his best when the biggest opponents have it on Washington's schedule. On the flip side, Daniels, the Tigers this year, 1-3 against ranked opponents, Washington 6-0. His worst game came against Florida State week number one. was objectively bad. Now, played well before he got hurt, but unfortunately couldn't finish the Alabama game. So it's like there's no Heisman moments for Jaden Daniels. There's no moment you can look at and say, oh, there it is. There's your Heisman Trophy. The numbers are there for Daniels without a doubt. Tremendous year statistically. But it's more than just having the best stats in college football. It's more than just saying, well, who has the most passing yards? Who has the most passing touchdowns? Oh, Daniels, you got it, which is not, not the case. But in this case, just say it was. He's got the award. The Heisman Trophy is a story. A story about the year. It's not just the best quarterback with the best stats. It's how you play in the biggest moments. It's how much your team relied on you to win big games and how much you won big games. Penix checks every box. Played well in the biggest games. Played well in the toughest conference. Came through and it mattered most consistently for the Huskies. They are not 13-0 if it's not for Michael Penix Jr. That to me is why he's probably to vote my Heiser Trophy winner. He truly epitomized what the award means. And he also put up those numbers, those big numbers, by the way, with every game being a pressurized situation because every single week, Washington's season was on the line. Again, you lose to Ole Miss. LSU's done in the middle of October. No game from there matters anymore. Your college football playoff hopes are dead. So that's why for me, you look at how this season has gone. You look at how Penix has played in the big moments. You look at how Washington relying on Penix to win these big games, how he has come through and performed. It's Penix's award. It is Michael Penix Jr., your 2023 Heisman winner. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Joe in Birmingham's calling about the Heisman. What up, Joe? We got two things for you. First, I want to talk to you about the Heisman, and I want to throw something at you on the playoffs. Sure. How many games did USC win last, I mean, uh, lose last year? Two. And what was Caleb Williams' greatest moment going through last year? What was his biggest, greatest win? His greatest win? I got to go through the schedule for USC last year. His greatest moment was being the best quarterback in all of college football last year from start to finish. With two losses? With two losses, where the second one, where the second one came in the conference championship game, which he popped a wheel and hurt his hamstring in the first quarter, and was never the same yeah. after that. Yeah. Yeah, he he really didn't impress me. I mean, he he, he didn't impress you. Last year, but Caleb Williams did not impress you. Who should have won the Heisman Trophy last year? Oh, I, probably Caleb Williams or uh, C.J. Stroud, one of them two. But you said Caleb Williams didn't impress you. No. It, but that was the two best quarterbacks last year. I agree with you there. I think I, I still think Jaden Daniels going to win it. Because without a Jaden Daniels, they'll shoot on win three games. You know that as well as I do. Sure, but it's also they lost three games with him there, 
and the biggest games they lost. And right they relied that. on him. And Michael Penix Jr., which, by the way, equal weight on his shoulder. He didn't have a run game to rely on. He didn't have a defense to rely on. Won every game in front of him, including two top ten matchups. It's going to be an interesting thing. But, you know, they said Bo Nix had it wrapped up. And they had Penix third well, way out there. Uh, we'll see about that one. Now for your playoff series. Alabama beats Georgia. Florida State loses. Texas loses. Who's your final four teams? I agree with you, Washington, Michigan. Ala- you said Alabama beats Georgia? Yes, Florida sir. State loses. Texas loses? Yes, sir. Georgia, Alabama, final- Michigan, Washington. Um, there you go on that one. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, I don't. And that scenario, I mean, Ohio State's not. Ohio State is still alive, but Ohio State is not getting in over Georgia. And they're not getting in over a one loss SEC champ in Alabama, too. But yeah, that's that. I mean, that, unless I'm missing something here, that's, that's the simplest, simplest way you can look at it, right? Florida State loses, they're out. Texas loses, they're out. Bama wins. Georgia's in, Bama's in, along with, obviously, Washington and Michigan. My top four for the playoff, now that Washington has won, they are punched their ticket into the college football playoff. Georgia beats Bama, they're in. Michigan beats Iowa, they're in. And I do think Texas is a fourth and final team, and they make the college football playoff. Jeff is calling from Texas. What's up, Jeff? Yeah, so Florida State's done because they play in the ACC, and that's a basketball conference. Um, but I, I like the disaster scenario, right? Sure. Like, it's getting nuts. You can't, you can't have two co-winners like back when Michigan and Nebraska split the national title. So my point is, what happens when Alabama beats Georgia? Because I'm, I'm with you on all the teams, right? So mm-hmm. it's going to be Georgia and then Michigan and Washington, but now you've got Texas and uh, Bama, but Texas beat Bama. Right. So who do, who do you put in? You're saying if what happens now? So Texas wins. Right. Bama wins. Right. Right? So now they both have one loss, but Texas beat Bama. Bama beat Georgia, the number one team in the country. Who's the fourth, who's the fourth team? This Texas is, or- Jeff, this is the nightmare scenario for the committee. If that's the case, right, Washington is in, and you're saying Michigan wins. So those two teams are in. Bama Correct. wins. They're automatic, automatically in. I think the SEC winning, no matter who it is, Bama or Georgia, they're automatically in. So the fourth spot we're talking about now is between a one-loss Florida State team, one-loss Georgia team, one-loss Texas team. I think it has to be Texas. You have to honor the head-to-head. Georgia played Alabama, lost. Texas played Alabama, won. I don't see a scenario, if as long as Texas wins, where Alabama wins and they're in, and Texas is on the outside looking in. So... I, I still don't I still don't see how Georgia gets left out. They've been the number one team all season. They have one loss in their conference championship game. That's like a bonus game, right? So that's that's what I'm saying. It's a nightmare scenario. How do they figure it well, out? Well, I mean, you could make I could make the same argument, Jeff, for last week for Ohio State, who has been a top team all season long. They lose on the road to the number three team in the country, and their season's over for the most part. Like again, they could still I think get in. They need a crazy scenario or a, a, a few chaotic things happen on Saturday. But, I mean, it's the same argument. They were number one to start the rankings, drop down to number two. They lose the game on the road to the number three team, and they're done. 
You know? That, that's And that's, I appreciate the call, Jeff. That's part of the reason why a 12-team playoff is perfect for this season and is much needed. I think no matter what happens tomorrow, we are going to see teams get screwed. Like, even like, look, I have been banging. I am not a Florida State proponent. For a four-team college football playoff, I don't think Florida State does, belongs anywhere near a four-team playoff with how they've played this year. I do think there's a real chance they're 13-0 and left out. Is it fair, though, that a 13-0 Florida State team gets left out? Absolutely not. Texas, they're on the outside looking in at 12-1. They could beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa. They could challenge themselves with a tough schedule, go on the road, win a really tough game, lose a heated rivalry game in the last minute, and not have a chance to compete for a championship. It's stupid. I think, I know Oregon lost, but going into this weekend, you had eight teams, right, still live for the college football playoff. I would argue six of the eight could truly win a national title. Seven of the eight? I mean, everyone outside of Florida State? And the fact is, half of them won't get a chance to compete for the national title. It's stupid. Someone's getting screwed. And I'm glad that this is the only year really that's going to happen. The 12-team playoff is a very, very welcome sight here. And it's going to be, I think, a big bonus here going forward for us going, you know, making sure that teams that are that take care of their business, that are deserving, have a chance to win a national title and have their um, championship hopes, by the way, decided on the field, not in a boardroom. That's my biggest frustration with the 14 playoff. Is that teams are eliminated not because they lose games, but because the committee favors another team over them. Favors one sad over another. Afraid to make the tough decision. Very excited for a 12 team playoff. That is for sure. All right. 855-212-4227. We'll continue your thoughts here on the college football playoff. Washington is in. Do you look at the Huskies right now as a legitimate national title threat? Can they win it all? Can they beat Georgia? Bama? Michigan? And also... Where do you see chaos? If you are a Florida State fan, I'll tell you when we return here, the one scenario you cannot afford to see. If you see one team win, you might as well kiss your college football playoff hopes goodbye. I'll tell you what that scenario is when we do return. It is Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. To remix a Hootie and the Blowfish song here, the Seminoles make me cry. Here we go. The Seminoles make me cry. If you are a Florida State fan, the Seminoles may not make you cry tomorrow if they win. But the nightmare scenario for you, what will make you cry, what will end your college football playoff hopes before your game even kicks off against Louisville at 8 o'clock Eastern is this. If Alabama beats Georgia tomorrow, Florida State's done. There is no chance. There's no path. For Florida State to make the playoff, even at 13-0, if Alabama beats Georgia. Because, let's play it out, Washington wins tonight, they are in. Michigan, they're going to beat Iowa, they're in. We just talked about in this scenario, Alabama beats Georgia. 
Bama at 12-1, SEC champ, they're in. So now we are talking about one spot left for three teams. 13-0 Florida State, 12-1 Texas, 12-1 Georgia. I think the committee would put Texas in. They beat Alabama. Alabama's in. I think they would include Texas. If I'm wrong, and it's not Texas, I think the second team they would then include is Georgia. Like, if you're Florida State, even at 13-0, you are third on that list. If Alabama beats Georgia, and now there's one spot available, you are the third of three teams on that list. I don't see how you are getting in over Texas in that scenario. I don't see how you are getting in over Georgia in that scenario. That is the nightmare chaos for Florida State fans looking to get in. You have to be the biggest Georgia Bulldogs fans on Saturday to make sure it's chalk, that Georgia's in, and there's only team, uh, one team from the SEC. And then it also hurts a little bit the case of Texas. That is the best bet right there for Florida State. You cannot have Alabama win because if they win, I think the Seminoles are out. 855-212-4227. All right, Washington. In the college football playoff, that's a lock. I think Georgia is going to beat Alabama. Georgia's in. Michigan is going to beat Iowa. Wolverines are in. And I think Texas, they are going to win, beat Oklahoma State, and they will be the fourth and final team included in the college football playoff. So 855-212-4227. Talking to you right now. Final chance to get your last predictions in here before the games kick off in a few hours, and before we know the official college football playoff four teams that are selected. Beck is calling from Florida. What's up, Beck? Hey, how's it going? Uh, Hootie hey, and Blowfish. Uh, uh, when I was in high school, worked the Marino Golf Tournament, and Darius uh, was part of it and the guitar player. And I'll never forget he, his golf bag had uh, the Grateful Dead Bears on it. Um, and oh, now wow. he went all country and everything else. But, yes, Hootie the Blowfish, Miami, I guess, the Dolphins and Marino, whatever, I guess, had a uh, thing with that song. But that was funny that you guys uh, led into that um, um, with this break. But, um, yeah, I mean, we've obviously talked in the past. Obviously, here we are another week because you only do one show a week or that I get uh, to or whatever else. Um, that here we are, Michigan's in the running again. Iowa, hopefully now we're down to the last option of Iowa beating them. But if Michigan wins, it looking like that Michigan's probably going to win it all. But then again, what all the talk is, what does that do a year, two years later when it comes out? And they cheated and everything else. But now, like you said, Washington's in. You know, you throw the screwball and everything else. Houston is where the national championship is this year. And I've always wanted a Florida State, Texas, and my two teams playing each other. But um, that has a chance. But, again, what we know, if we went out, and then, of course, Alabama, you know, is there a chance that both Texas and Florida State can even make the playoffs? Because at least one of the two is probably going to make it, regardless of how the, all the situations could play out and, you know, everything else. And then uh, the gentleman said earlier that FSU is an ACC basketball school. Actually, FSU is a, a football school, 
playing in a basketball league and they finally started getting good at basketball the last <laughs> 10 years, let's say. <laughs> to answer, oh, this is, I'm just trying to think back. That's tough. Like, I mean, the scenario I think that you would need to have for both Florida State and Texas for, for the Beck Bowl, if you will, to have both your teams in here. Uh, you're going to need Michigan to lose and I mean, maybe get blown out so there's maybe an appreciate the call, man. Um, maybe there's some doubt from the committee. Just leave them, leave the Big Ten out completely. You're going to need Alabama to blow out Georgia and have the committee really doubt if they could put two SEC teams in. So you have Washington in, Bama in, and then you'd have to have Florida State obviously win and win convincingly over Louisville and Texas. So you're going to need back in that specific scenario for you and you only, because I don't know anyone else right now as a Texas and Florida State fan looking to get both teams in, you need a lot of blowouts tomorrow. You need Texas winning by 50 over Oklahoma State, Alabama winning by 30 over Georgia, Iowa, I mean, they that the problem with Iowa is they can't even score enough points to blow Michigan out, let alone win the game, but they need to beat Michigan by like 25 points. That's what you're going to need, and Florida State to win by 40. You're going to need blowout city. Mitch is calling from Detroit. What's up, Mitch? Hey, Ryan. How's it going? Good, man. How you hanging? Good, good. Um, I I think that deep down, we all expect whatever rushing team is in it to win, right? Bama or Georgia. To be in, yes. Is. Agreed. I think we expect them to win every year. However, I don't think that SC team getting in is necessarily a lock, to be honest with you. I think there's an argument for no SEC team if FSU, Texas, Michigan, and Alabama all win. Well, oh, so who's so Washington's in, Florida State is in, Texas is in. Who's the fourth team? Michigan. Michigan would win. They'd be undefeated. So would Florida State with a conference title, and Texas would have won their conference while beating Bama, right? with the same record as them. Like, I think that's a possibility. It's far-fetched, but I, it could happen. I just can't see it, Mitch, because I I will never – unless I, until we see the actual day come, I will never believe the committee will leave the SEC champ out, especially if, in this case, Alabama beats Georgia. I think the discussion with Texas then will come somewhere else. Like, I think they would leave Florida State out to include Texas before they leave Alabama out – to include Texas and Florida State. That's where I think, and I appreciate the call, that's where I think like that's that theory, hope, whatever you want to kind of phrase it, um, it's just not realistic or not, honestly, even possible. Like Georgia wins, obviously they're in. I can't see a scenario where Alabama wins and there's no SEC champ. I can't see it. You beat the number one team in the country, you're number eight. I don't see how Alabama is, is number five. And I don't see then also two Georgia dropping from one to five or one to six. I think the committee would absolutely put Alabama in and then figure out another team to leave out to put Texas in. They would not though leave the SEC champ with either one loss or zero losses out. All right, speaking of scenarios here, I got a few props, if you will, a few questions to give you a tease. One of the questions I want to a- ask you and answer is, Iowa, in their game tomorrow against Michigan, will they have more punts or more points? We'll have some conference championship game props next. It's Hick at Night on CBS Sports Radio.